This is our first session on Ephesians 6, 14-17, and this is the passage that focuses in on six pieces of spiritual armor that Christians are to put on. Let's read it, and then I'll show you something that you may not have been aware of before just by way of your own reflection. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. That's a belt-like function. Number one. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. That's number two. And having shod your feet with the readiness of the gospel of peace. So a certain kind of shoe a shoe of readiness with the gospel, in all circumstances, taking up the shield of faith. Yes, you go back and underline this. Shod your feet with the readiness of the gospel. Shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So six pieces of armor. I call it armor, even though shoes aren't usually considered part of the armor, just because that's what he was referring to back here in the preceding paragraph. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. And it might be good to just linger back there for a moment because of this word, therefore. What is he saying? Stand therefore. Because back here, you may remember, in verse 12, there's this description of these four categories of enemies that we have as Christians. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, over this present darkness, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So, because of the magnitude, the supernatural nature of our enemies, and because he calls us to put on the whole armor of God to withstand, which is the same as stand against, and be found in the evil day, having done all, to stand. So, there's a withstanding and then when you've withstood all of these enemies with all this armor, you are left at the end of the battle standing. That's who wins, right? Every other soldier is lying dead on the ground and you're standing, which means you were not stripped of all the things that the devil wanted to strip from you. You are left standing, and you could list those probably like faith and hope and love and righteousness, you are left standing and intact. And because of that enemy and that summoned to stand, he says, therefore, stand. So take your stand and do your battle and be found standing at the end. Now, the only other thing I want to focus on in this session is the, the Old Testament background of each of these six pieces of armor. 
So I'm going to draw your attention to that background, and then I'll give you a few conclusions that I infer from it. So I've got the first three and a text from the Old Testament to go with each one. So first, there's the belt of truth or the girding of the loins, that is the waist with truth. Isaiah 11.5, righteousness shall be the belt of his, that is God's waist, and faithfulness. And in the Greek Old Testament, this word faithfulness is translated truth, which is the same word as we have right here in Ephesians 6. So the picture here is that God has a waist as a warrior, as it were. He's being pictured as a warrior, and righteousness girds his waist, and truth or faithfulness to his covenant and his people, his being true to all that he says is the belt around his waist or his loins. Number two, breastplate of righteousness, Isaiah 59, 17. He, God, put on righteousness as a breastplate. That's probably the clearest parallel with the Old Testament among these pieces of um, armor. And, and a helmet of salvation for his head. So that's going to come later, but there it is already. So the breastplate of righteousness in Ephesians is paralleled, in wording at least, from Isaiah 59, God put on righteousness as a breastplate. Third, shoes of readiness for the gospel of peace. Very famous passage in Isaiah 52. Oh, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news or gospel. So you've got feet and you've got good news and you've got gospel here and shoes. So not an exact parallel, but very close. Fourth, shield of faith. Psalm 512, you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. So the Lord is the shield here in the Old Testament. So a shield of faith, if you wanted to make the connection, would be faith in the Lord such that the Lord becomes the shield. Fifth, helmet of salvation. Isaiah 59, 17, we've seen he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. So God puts on the helmet of the salvation that he himself achieves for his people. He saves them. And finally, number six, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, Isaiah 49, 2, he made my mouth. This, this he is the servant of the Lord and the Lord saying to him, or he's saying about the Lord, he made my mouth like a sharp sword. Now, what are we to make of those? They are not very exact, and it doesn't appear that Paul intends to make explicit for us 
to connect them. But you can't deny that the language is remarkable. In other words, all of Paul's thinking here seems to be steeped in the language of weaponry that God himself wore in the Old Testament. And now he takes it and he makes it our weapons. And we'll look very closely at the way these work in relation to each other and other things that have been said in Ephesians. So my conclusion is that Paul uh, is not bringing all of these weapons as direct quotes from the Old Testament so that we are to think of them here as God's weapons and not ours. Rather, I think it's better to stay close to the context in Ephesians and try to unpack what truth means in Ephesians and righteousness in Ephesians and gospel in Ephesians. This is a, this is a bent that I have, and I'm, I'm being upfront with you. I, I don't think if there's not a clear statement from the uh, New Testament writer and the parallels with the Old Testament are not uh, close, I doubt that we should put our interpretive efforts mainly into finding out what did it mean in the Old Testament and what must that meaning do here. But rather, these weapons are being unpacked in Ephesians for Christians, and we should let that be the primary guide in the way we understand them. But I will say that given how remarkable it is that all of these pieces have some kind of correspondence to armor that was God's, and remember, uh, this was called the armor of God, the armor of God. And I've been taking it to mean, and I think it does mean primarily here, armor that God suits us with. But now, surely we should also say, God was a warrior, and God wore his armor. And this is the armor of God in the sense that it is God's own armor. God wore the armor, and he is, as it were, suiting us up with him. We are being drawn into a battle with our warrior God, and we are sharing in the very armor that he himself war. So let's test that in the sessions to come as we take these one at a time and see what they mean and how they actually work in daily practice. What does it mean to get up in the morning and put on truth as a belt? What does it mean to get up in the morning and put on a breastplate of righteousness? That's the real issue. What do we actually do to obey and enjoy the protection of this text.